Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. This week, we are going to dive ever deeper into Aokuripito, or as it is called in the English-speaking world, The Departures. It was an Oscar-winning Japanese film released in 2008, and it deals with a rather unusual yet very profound subject matter, death and its meaning to the people who are still living. For those of you who haven't listened to the show in the previous two weeks, here is a quick recap of the film's story so far. Daigo Kobayashi, the film's protagonist, started off as a successful cellist, but he soon lost his job and his drive to continue forward in this career not too long after the film starts. Now with only one income and pretty much stranded for cash, Daigo and his wife Mika moved away from the metropolitan that is Tokyo and to Yamagata, a remote, rural, much less populated area where Daigo grew up and spent his childhood. It is here that we see Daigo pick up the job as a mortician or undertaker. He gradually learned the craft of taking care of a deceased body, including cleaning out the body and putting out makeups. And although he started the job with a lot of reluctance, he gradually began to appreciate the job as, little by little, he begins to see the meaning of it. He begins to realize that his job is much more than to make a deceased person look good. But by doing that, he brings dignity and integrity back to the person, and that means a world to the family members who are mourning and would like to see the person for one last time before he or she is closed in the coffin. We also mentioned in the two previous episodes that most of Daigo's friends, and including his wife Mika, didn't really quite like his job at the beginning, and for very good reasons. The subject matter of death, and therefore by extension, the job of taking care of dead bodies, is not something that people talk or joke about in Eastern culture. People especially take it very seriously in Japan. It is a solemn, almost a taboo subject. So Daigo was even shy to tell people about his job as an undertaker. Now his wife Mika eventually found out, and the two had a short fallout before Mika returns to Daigo and sees him work for the first time. And she realizes just how important of a job that her husband is doing. We mentioned in last week's episode that Daigo was taking care of a old lady who runs a public bathhouse. It is sort of a central social hub for the community, and many important members have shown up to the ceremony where Daigo took care of her dead body for one final time. This is a pivotal moment both for Daigo and for the film. For him, this is a moment where he shows to many people who have doubted and wronged him in the past that what he does is important. It does bring dignity to the deceased person. It is in this job that Daigo gets his fulfillment 
ironically a sense of fulfillment that he never got from his previous job as a cellist, although that was a much more quote-unquote well-regarded one. It is also here that a film makes a turn to be more introspective. Because at this point, finally in this part of the film, Daigo manages to get that outward external recognition that he so lacked at the beginning of the film. So now that he is this well-established and much-respected member of this community, and his wife Mika has very much made up with him, the one issue that Daigo still has yet to overcome is his memory of his father. We've previously mentioned that returning to Yamagata, his own hometown, has several layers of importance. He went to Tokyo because he wanted to have a career in this fancy, flashy, glamorous metropolitan, a career by doing something that he really didn't quite appreciate. Daigo's father, in the very few flashbacks, we realize that he's a very strict man. He sort of forced the young kid into playing cello, and judging from young Daigo's expression, he never ever enjoyed the process. In a few flashback scenes, we see a very small kid, barely big enough to physically hold the cello in place, looking somewhat depressed while he's practicing cello. And in a few scenes where Mika asks about his memory of his father, Daigo didn't have much to say, and what he did have to say, it wasn't very positive. Daigo's father ran away from him and his mom when he was still young, and he eventually had passed away, and that's all he knew about him. However, in a really unexpected turn of events, Daigo received his next assignment, and he had no idea of the person that he will be taking care of. Out of the blue, Daigo received this really unexpected phone call. The person on the other side of the line tells him that an older man has passed away and they found out through his belonging that he's Daigo's father. The person has asked Daigo to go and collect his belongings, but Daigo is really angered and confused at the moment and he turned down the request. This time, even his wife Mika couldn't convince him otherwise. But he was one of his colleagues, an older woman, who tells him that she had done something similar to Daigo's father in that she's abandoned her son several years ago when the boy was still young. She tells him that a person who abandons suffers just as much as a person who feels abandoned and that any situation like this could be a lot more complicated than what it looks like. Reluctantly, 
Daigo goes to the little fishing harbor where his father's deceased body was found. People tells him that the older man was alone by the time he passed away, and there is no woman who was by his side. Daigo is confused since his father was rumored to have run away with a woman, at least that's what he's heard when he was young. Before he has any time to think it over, Tewing Coffiner from a local company has stepped into the room. They briefly prayed, and they wanted to just carelessly toss his father's body into a coffin. This is a gesture that greatly angers Daigo, both as a son and as a highly dedicated Incoffiner who respects his own craft. Out of anger, Daigo resolutely and swiftly pushed her hands away, leaving the two Incoffiners confused. His wife Mika tells him, but just let him be and let him handle the matter since her husband is an incoffiner himself. Kneeling down, Daigo gently shuffles himself forward closer to the deceased body of his father. Just when he was taking care of him and loosening his hand, a small piece of rock fell out from his father's hands. This is where Daigo begins to remember everything, including all the good memories between him and his father. He remembers that when he was small, his father used to take him to the side of the river for a quick walk. And while the two didn't say much to one another, they would pick up a little pieces of rock and give it to one another. His father would give him a relatively big piece of rock that the young Daigo had to hold with both his small hands, whereas Daigo himself would pick up a tiny, tiny piece of rock that his father would play around with a great amusement. This silent, wordless moment represented the very few communications that a father and son had during the brief time that they had with one another. Neither one of them clearly was very good with words, but the gesture of giving that person a piece of rock kind of encapsulated all the good intention that they had towards one another. And now his father is gone. Daigo slowly picks up the rock hold it in his own hands and examine it closely. Now this particular piece of rock represents all the connection that's left between him and his father. Daigo continues to proceed and prepare his father's body and he can't help but to cry. He cries in silence and tears stream down both his cheeks while he gently moves to shave his father's face. And gradually between his hands his father's face emerges, not just in front of his eyes, but in his own memory as well. The strong, somewhat youthful, middle-aged man with a stern attitude but a gentle smile finally reappears in Daigo's head. This is the father that he wanted to remember for the longest time but he never got to do. For the first and only time in the movie, Daigo says, father in a very respectful way and to me this is the most beautiful part about this movie this isn't just an outward journey of a young man who's lost and find his way back 
it is also an inward journey of him reconnecting with his youth, with his memories, with what makes him the person that he is today, and about him making peace with all that pleasant and unpleasant memory. It is one of the rarest pieces of cinematic work that I've seen in recent years, and I recommend it to all of you who have a chance to watch it. Thank you for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you next week.